Welcome to the MLC Show in association with My Legal Club. I'm your host, Sean Rogers. We were due to release episode four of our series on nutrition today. It's been pre-recorded and is ready to be released. However, with the news that the lockdown may be for a longer period than many of us had hoped, and seeing a lot of people on social media struggling with the impact the lockdown has had on their lives, I decided that we would record a COVID-19 special and we'll release part four of the nutrition show next week. Many of the issues we are facing when stuck in our homes during this lockdown, I have had plenty of experience of. For that reason, I wanted to share 10 tips to make the most of this lockdown and derive the maximum benefit from this awful situation. Over the last six years, I've suffered from depression. I ended up really poorly and in a very dark place. Thankfully, I've recovered now and I feel that I'm as mentally and physically strong as I have been for a very long time. I know how important it is to prioritise your mental and physical well-being. During that period, I also lived away from my children in a one-bedroom flat and had to work from home, so I know what it's like to be alone and stuck in a flat all day. Like many of us, we need to somehow juggle our working from home commitments with home tutoring of our children right now. That's even more important due to the fact my son has special education needs and he hasn't got the same support around him that he would normally have on a day-to-day basis at school. A lot of us are also suffering from financial and career uncertainty. I'm in a similar boat, so I wanted to share with you my tips and advice to handling these unique challenges. My first tip for you is to set your priorities. What are your absolute musts? Most of us are awake for 16 to 18 hours a day. Does the way you spend your time really meet your priorities and your absolute musts? Just think about that for a second. One night when it's quiet, write down your absolute musts. Your mental and physical well-being should be number one. Without them, I've learned you are no good to anyone. You're no good to yourself and you're no good to give the love, the support, to meet the needs of your family and friends, your loved ones. Only you can decide what those absolute musts are. But after your mental and physical health, it may be that you decide that your priorities are to meet the needs of your kids, to meet the needs of your partner, keeping in touch with loved ones. Set your priorities and schedule them in for the week ahead. Look, I know more than anyone, plans have to change and they have to be fluid. What I do is I put it in the notes in my phone, or you could write them down on a pad and then check on it the following week. Which things have gone well, which things didn't. Don't beat yourself up on the things that were missed or didn't go to plan, that's just life. We learn from it, we assess how we can do better, and we try and achieve those priorities the following week. Our first ever podcast and YouTube show was a time management show with George Cunningham, and I would recommend giving it a listen goes into much greater depth on this. My second tip is how you start your day. You must start in the best mental and physical condition possible. Well, thanks for that, Sean. What what amazing insight that is, I can probably hear you say. In all seriousness, making sure you start your day on a high, well, that has made a huge impact on my life. It sounds stupid, but I try and start my day at like 15 out of 10. That way, if the circumstances of the day or things go wrong for me, I have my te- patients tested or I end up being knocked down to maybe an eight. 
possibly a five out of ten at worst. The alternative is you might start your day at six or eight out of ten on automatic pilot, and then the circumstances of the day, tiredness, frustration, things going wrong, they may knock you down to the real low numbers. When I allowed pain to become suffering, I'd wake up at maybe three or four out of ten. I couldn't get out of bed, didn't exercise my mind, didn't exercise my body. I was already starting the day in a really bad place. The day only made me worse. Think now just what a huge difference it would make to your life if you could start every day at your absolute best, regardless of how good or bad life is currently treating you. I don't know if any of the techniques that I use are useful to you, but I aim to do the following four to five times a week with a couple of days off. I would recommend setting your alarm really early, at least 60 minutes before your house starts to get crazy or you have to settle down into what we consider normal life. If you live alone, I'd recommend 6am as you get up time. Now trust me, anyone who knows me will tell you I am not an early morning person, certainly not naturally. When I realised how good I could feel in that uh, period of the morning and how much stuff I could get done, it made me really look forward to getting up early. I go to bed a little bit earlier and I can get up early and start the day on a real high. Set the alarm as far away from where you sleep as possible, meaning you have to get up to turn it off. I have it on the other side of my room completely. I also practice the Megan Robbins technique, which is five, four, three, two, one, go. And I jump out of bed. I'd recommend watching all of Megan's stuff. If you're looking for any form of personal development or for interesting techniques for your life, Megan Robbins is, is absolutely amazing. And you can get her stuff on YouTube. She's brilliant on stuff like anxiety uh, and mental health. Once I'm up, I then meditate. Uh, I set my alarm for basically five-minute intervals so I can move on to the next phase of meditation. I do three in total, so 15 minutes. I put my headphones on and play some meditation music. Now, let's face it, if, if you haven't got 15 minutes, you've got some serious issues that, that need to be addressed there. Experiment yourself with what works for you in that 15-minute period. I would recommend that you set your phone, as I said, five-minute triggers um, so that you spend the right amount of time on each bit and you're only spending 15 minutes on it in total. But of course, if you want to spend more, then please do. It may be that you choose to relax and just be. You might remind yourself of your biggest successes. Maybe you can think of all the people who love you. Remember all the happy memories with loved ones, whether they're here or not. Maybe you can list all the reasons why you're so lucky. Me, well, I spend five minutes breathing in and out of my nose with my mouth shut with very deep breaths. And I try and count to 10 really slowly in my mind without a single thought in my head. Now, that sounds really easy, but it's very, very difficult to do. If a thought pops into your head, you have to go back to zero and try and begin the count back up to 10. In the second five minutes, this sounds a bit strange, but it really helps me in terms of my patience and frustration levels. I actually prepare for things that could go wrong in the day. Could be big things. Um, could be big things that I'm waiting on that might not go my way. Or it could be really little things that can just add up and be the straws that break the camel's back. I imagine how I want to handle these things effortlessly and easily. I picture them and watch myself handling that disappointment, that frustration maybe even anger, and 
how I can handle them in the best way possible. In the last five minutes, I spend my time thinking back to when my life looked really tough when it was probably at its lowest ebb, and I fought my way back, even if I didn't think it at the time, even if I didn't know that I could. I go back and picture myself then, and for me, that's when I was 16. So I imagine the 16-year-old version of me. I remind myself of just how bad the situation was then, and I picture how things got better for me. I do this by picturing my loved ones. One of them people I picture is my late mother, encouraging me and cheering me on. And I relive the best achievements and happy moments that were to come over the next decade with family, friends, all my loved ones. There are things that happened after in that period from, say, 16 to 26 that I could never have predicted. Things that just went so well for me, coincidences, people that I meet that I could never have dreamed that I've met before. It's a reminder that how lucky you are and that you never know what the future might have in store for you. I then sit down and do the Tony Robbins priming session with my headphones on. You can get that for free off YouTube. There are 10 minute, 19 minute versions available depending on your preference. It might be that the meditation and that 10, 15 minutes for you is enough. Um, but I dedicate the time to do that Tony Robbins priming session. Then I exercise eat breakfast, shower and dressed. The most important thing during that process, I do not check emails. I do not check my phone. I do not check WhatsApps. I do not check texts. I do nothing of that nature. And I would highly recommend that as part of your morning routine. That brings me on to my third tip, which is exercise, nutrition and mental well-being. Exercise and mental health, in my view, go hand in hand body and the mind obviously feed off each other. I set out in my priorities that me being at my mental and physical best is not about me. I'm doing it for my kids. I'm doing it to make my mum proud. I'm doing it so that I can try and give my loved ones the best version of me. I find that this is a much bigger motivation and a pull for those days when you just can't be bothered. I would recommend exercising first thing. If you're anything like me, you might end up leaving it and not end up exercising. Things can get in the way, or I might think that they're in the way, and then I'd make excuses. I then wouldn't exercise, and before you know it, a day becomes a week, a week becomes a month, and you've hardly done any exercise. On nutrition, I would really recommend ensuring your meal plan. That'll reduce how many times you've got to go to the supermarket, but it also helps with healthy eating and your budget. A high-protein diet really fills you up, and I could not recommend that more. Have a protein shake at breakfast and at lunch, and I've noticed it helps me last much longer through the day without craving snacks or wanting to pig out at lunch or tea time. Check out our nutrition podcast for more guidance and help on meal planning and nutrition. We've got loads of great advice from the excellent Jimmy Slonker. I'd also recommend getting a big bottle or large glass, not of wine or beer, as much as I've seen a lot of that on social media. Fill it with water. I actually add apple and blackcurrant cordial to give it a bit of taste. And I aim to try and drink two to three litres a day. As soon as the glass or the bottle is empty, I refill it. Whilst making my breakfast and showering, I use this time to listen to an inspirational speaker or an audiobook or something that could be educational. It doesn't take any extra time, hence the net, no extra time phrase. It means I can listen to it whilst I'm making and eating my breakfast. And then even when I'm in the shower, obviously with no headphones in. Rather than listen to music, 
I can focus my time on personal development without it taking up any of the precious time that I haven't really got available. My fourth tip is to eat the live frog. Don't do this for real. This refers to a Mark Twain quote where he famously said, that if the first thing you do in the morning is eat a live frog, you can go through the rest of the day knowing the worst is behind you. The frog should be your worst task or most important thing to do. You should do it first thing in the morning. I find real benefits from doing this and I notice a huge difference when I don't. I end up procrastinating all day and then being frustrated that it's not been done. My fifth tip relates to social media, WhatsApp and your mobile phone. Coming from me, that sounds incredibly hypercritical and the people who know me will probably be laughing right now that I've even referenced this. But this past year, I've started banning myself from social media, WhatsApp and my mobile phone at certain times of the day or during certain activities. I even at times delete the apps to even stop any urge. I schedule times through the day where I can then blast through them for a set period and I find that this works so much better for me. You know the phrase, I don't know if you've ever heard it before, if you're at the party, be at the party. I couldn't agree with that more. If I'm reading a story to my kids, I don't want anything encroaching on that time. If I'm having tea with the family, I don't want to be scrolling through my phone whilst I do it. I don't want to be looking at my phone wondering, why is no one interacting with me? Or why are people quiet? He says as the calendar reminder <laughs> in his phone starts going off. Social media has obvious benefits, but remember, so much of it is fake. I think if you were an alien and you came down to Earth and checked social media out, I think you would just go, wow. It would appear to the naked eye that on Twitter, there's a million philosophers who know everything. On Instagram and Facebook, everyone's got the perfect life. They're all smiling with great partners, family and friends. And on LinkedIn, everyone has a booming career and are highly successful in their work. I exaggerate there, of course, but and it's wrong to make some sweeping statements, but you get the gist. Social media has all these fake filters, stupid stories to make people look better. It gives a fake view of what life is really like. Try it out. Delete the apps. Give yourself limited times in the day to go through them and catch up when it doesn't impact on you, your loved ones, or your priorities. My next tip relates to news and focus. Personally, I wouldn't watch the news after like 8pm because I don't want negative things on my mind before bed. I find lunch or tea time is the best time to catch up. And I generally watch something as well, as reliable as can be, I suppose, in this day and age, but maybe BBC News or Sky News for a limited time. There's a lot of scaremongering around, a lot of fake news, and I think there's even more questionable sources with questionable motives. I think it's really important you manage carefully where and when you receive this news. My next tip relates to home tutoring. Hope this helps you if you're home tutoring kids or know someone who is. I'm really lucky that my mum was an amazing special needs teacher and she helped me massively. How she taught me was slightly different and it's something I've tried to replicate with our kids. I have to say that I personally don't agree with people trying to reenact the school environment at home. For me, this has numerous problems and it's bound to cause huge frustration over time between kids and parents and end up frustrating everyone involved. Your house is not a school. It's an environment that kids have made different associations with over the years. 
Trying to change this overnight for me is an unnecessary battle. Focus on how you and the kids can learn each day in the most enjoyable way possible. When the kids enjoy something, there is no fight or battle to get them to do something. I don't agree anyway, and neither did my mum, that sitting still for six, seven hours in almost silence, almost as if you're in a prison or a horrible boarding school being forced to do things that you as a kid may be struggling with or you might know nothing about, is not the best way to learn. And I don't believe it sets you up for the real challenges of life, adult life, but that's for another show, I guess. I'd recommend using visual planners. You can do these really easily on a pad with the kids. Get some blue tack, sellotape. Um, you can stick it round like a double-sided tape and you can list the activities on little bits of ripped paper if you need to and then you can move the activities around during the week. It needs to be led by the kids in my view with you offering guidance and they can plan where and when they're going to fit everything into the week. Get the kids to be really creative. And say, okay, we're going to do a fun educational game or activity four times a day and you'll also get four or five spells of free play where you can do whatever you want. Really engage with the kids. If you have kids in infants and primary school, a perfect example for maths, which is something my mum did with me and something that's easy to do at home right now, is you can play shop. Build a shop out of uh, whatever you've got at home. You can have loads of fun doing that. Get everything out the kitchen, label prices on them, even if it's just blue tag, sellotape with little bits of paper. You can experiment with recipes, reading the labels, and crucially, maths. You can get money out or even make fake money with paper, even if you just count the coins and start doing some subtraction, addition. Prioritise reading, but in a fun way. You know, Do it together. Act out silly bits from the stories. Lots and lots of phonics. The more, the better. Don't put any pressure on yourself to be some incredible teacher or think that other parents are doing better. Trust me. Our kids are complete mayhem right now. Our six-year-olds turned into like a teenager overnight. And obviously with Josh, that can be a bit of a roller coaster. I suppose. We have, to, we have to see how Josh is feeling and let him be the lead for us. So don't put any pressure on yourself or think that other people are flying with this and finding it easy. We can only make the best of the resources that we have available. And if you can find creative forms of reading, problem solving, baking with the kids maths just having a great time and learning whilst they play i think you'll be winning my next tip is about home working it's complicated of course if you have kids at home especially if you're a single parent i would recommend the following try and focus on productivity how can you achieve maximum results with the minimum stress or output make sure you get your priorities done first work-wise so that the circumstances mean if you can't work later, for instance, there might be Wi-Fi problems in the house, children take over, you might start feeling ill. At least then you've completed the key tasks for that day. I'd also say experiment with what works best for you. For me, I like to have my phone off, emails off, headphones in with some low-level music on, no TV, and I like to be in a quiet room with plenty of drinks available to me. I try and work for about an hour flat out, pretty much undistracted, and then have a five or 10 minute break where I walk around, sort of jump up and down, try and get some fresh air before returning to the laptop. And that works well for me, but obviously it'll be different for each person. If you're juggling working from home with looking after the kids, then you really need to be creative and flexible. Don't be fixated on rules. <laughs> rules that will just be, rules will just ruin you. You know, if you, if you're, uh, you imagine someone who's got, I don't know, 
three kids and the two parents trying to work, that's not an environment where you can start setting down rules. That's where you've got to be extremely creative, flexible, and take each day as it comes. You may need to take advantage of quiet times when the kids are settled and then be prepared to shut the laptop at a moment's notice when the kids need you or it's time for other activities with them. Monitor your caffeine intake. Uh, I would ensure you're not having more than two or three coffees a day. I don't have any fizzy drinks. would recommend cutting them out completely. Um, I Try and prevent uh, overeating on food and having these sugar and caffeine and food spikes and then crashes through the day. Um, that's not helpful. And I'd strongly recommend not having any caffeine after 4 p.m. If there are two of you in the home, um, try and share all the key tasks and ensure that there's a nice balance in place for both of you. Our ninth tip is about communication. Work and practice. If you live with others, it's a great opportunity to ask questions and find out what their needs are during this lockdown period. Ask them what would really help them enjoy it. How can we make this experience the most pleasurable? Every morning, I embarrass our kids terrible. I go and grab them and tell them how lucky I am to be their dad and how much I love them. They absolutely hate it. They're like, go away, dad, you're so annoying. But I don't do it for what I'll receive back. I do it because I want them to know how I feel every day, no matter what issues may arise through the rest of the day or what rows or issues we may have had the day before. Living with others is dead tough. You know, me and my brother, yikes, I mean... When we were teenagers, I reckon we made the Mitchell brothers look like they were in a Disney film. Um, living with people and communicating is, is something I'd really struggled with and it's something I've had to work very hard on myself. I found that listening and asking questions and remaining calm is a really good starting point. It's a great opportunity to communicate with friends and family, especially those who you may have lost touch with. You may have aunties, uncles, cousins, friends that you've not spoken to for a while. I'd recommend diarising each week to send them a text or an email saying, I don't expect or need a reply, but I just want to say hi. You're in my thoughts and I want to send you our love. And if there's ever anything you need or you want to chat, please get in touch. You can also be really creative with friends during this period too, using things like Zoom and Skype. The final tip relates to how you end your day. Try and restrict caffeine from about 4pm onwards. And again, as I said earlier, I try and avoid fizzy drinks generally, but especially after 4pm. I don't really drink. If I have to, I think I can probably drink with the best of them on a night out. Um, I've seen a lot of stuff about, you know, drinking at home and all that, and I can completely understand why. It's not something I would necessarily recommend. I think you could create a bad habit for yourself, and there's no way in my view that it, that it helps people uh, with their sleep. certainly doesn't help me at all. Um, I'd recommend a really good bedtime routine for you, and obviously especially if you've got children. I would say eight of the past nine years, our kids have not slept through the night. It's been, it was mad. Um, I'm sure a lot of you, never mind musical chairs, it's almost like musical beds. So I know how hard sleep deprivation can be. I would avoid anything on your phone, social media, emails, all that kind of stuff after a certain point in the night. Might be that you decide 8 p.m., 9 p.m., 10 p.m. I'd say the earlier the better. I said I avoid the news probably after 9 p.m as it's rarely anything other than bad news. And I that's not how I want to spend that time. Uh, I don't want to spend that time available looking at negative stuff or anything that could change my sort of state. Try and make sure your bedroom's as dark and as cool as possible. And if you can afford it, invest in your mattress and pillows. I'd experiment with the bedtime routines that work for you. You 
could try reading a book. Maybe it's a great time for you to meditate. I find it's a great time to think about some of the highlights of the day, no matter how small. Something that made you smile. Could be an act of generosity by someone. Any actions that have taken place during the day that you've achieved in line with your priorities. Focus on the positive at that point in time. Even if you can't get the amount of sleep you need, try and focus on increasing the quality of the sleep for the period you can actually sleep for. Maybe you can create 20 minutes in the daytime for a quick nap if you're struggling with sleep in the night. So that's it for today's show. A reminder that if you, uh, your family or your business are in need of any legal advice, uh, get in touch with us at My Legal Club. We offer free legal consultations and support in all areas of law. Uh, we're about to launch a number of re- new and really exciting products. They've taken a very long time to build. So please give My Legal Club a follow on Twitter, Facebook or LinkedIn so that when we announce these products, you'll see them, see them first. We've got a number of fantastic interviews with George Cunningham, Lynn James, a.k.a. Mrs. Mummy Penny. We've got Chris Budd from Ovation Finance and the Eternal Business. And they've been great guests. We pre-recorded the shows uh, a couple of weeks ago and they're absolutely fantastic. I couldn't recommend those shows more highly. In the meantime, please share and spread the word about the MLC show. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please hit us with a five-star review. And remember to check out all our products and services at mylegalclub.co.uk. More importantly, please stay well and take care.